hockey fans, are you ready to brave the wild? With me, your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Awajan. Brave the Wild is available on thesportstuff.com, iTunes, Stitcher, and Double Twist. It's nice to be back on board once again today. This will probably be the last of the, well, you know, like regularly scheduled Saturday morning shows, and it happened, I guess, at perfect timing. Obviously, the lawns are coming back now as it's going to finally warm up. Finally, the snow's going to melt uh, about a month later, so uh, approximately. And unfortunately, the worst reason of all is the uh, Minnesota Wild season is already over. Yes, the Minnesota Wild season has ended. I did predict it perfectly, I guess. Didn't I predict what Winnipeg goes up 2 to nothing, and Minnesota wins game 3 and then loses the next 2, unfortunately. As it's always that little tease in the middle that ends up not turning out so well. And yeah, I'm not happy about what happened. Obviously, I already reviewed the first two games. Game 3 was awesome. It was so much fun. And then you get shut out two games in a row. It's just yuck. So in a lot of ways, it's going to be kind of like prepping for the off season. We'll celebrate some of the positives we saw in game number 3. As for seventeen and tw- or the April 17th and the 20th, games number 4 and 5, not a whole lot to say other than we got shut out, 7 nothing, And, well, Zach Parisi was hurt late in uh, the, fi- the 15th game, of course, uh, the 15th of April, game number 3. I don't know even why I'm saying the date before the game number. Uh, fun game, and then wham, Zach Parisi, broken sternum, out six to eight weeks, like literally in the last, like second last shift of the entire game, Minnesota already up six to two, that just figures, that kind of sums up the season in a lot of ways, uh, Zach Parisi missing an extended amount of time with the back injury, and then finally came back after Christmas, around then, right around Christmas, started extremely slow, because he hadn't played in literally forever, almost a calendar year, and then he started to get things back, started to get a little bit better. Then he started to get a lot better. And then he was the only guy scoring for the most part in some of the games in the final month or so of the season. And he gets hurt in a game that we went 6-2. to two, And we score zero goals the rest of the way. Um, wow. Just uh, Eric Stahl. I mean, wow. Mm, not much of a postseason for Eric Stahl, was it? No. No, not much of a season for Eric Stahl. Uh, postseason, uh, Jason Zucker, nothing. Your your top goal scorers aren't scoring. That's not going to get you anywhere. And it's like the same old story. Yet again, the guys you rely on do nothing. And then guys that you had high hopes on years ago, and you're still hoping, are they finally going to break through? Is this the year they're going to really break through and become something really good in this league, like a Charlie Coyle? And it just never happens. And now Charlie Coyle is 25 going on 26. Are we ready to say Charlie Coyle? Adios, bye-bye, as in terms of trading him away. He's under contract for a couple more years, but it ain't that expensive. And that's kind of the stuff we're going to be talking about more more or less than game-by-game review. But again, we will celebrate game number three for what it was. A very, very fun game that got our hopes up a bit. And, you know, how can you not get your hopes up when you score six goals against a team that's kicked your ass in the first two games? Well, didn't kick our ass in the first game, but the second game they did. Jordan Greenway's first goal of the season. Um, one other thing I should mention, though, again, the Wild did lose four games to one, and guess who scored in all five of the games? Guess who was the first team to score? Winnipeg. What? I mean, that's f- f- freaking awful. I mean, literally, you're playing from behind in all five games. Playing from behind in all five games. Just like game number five, Winnipeg scores 29 seconds into the game. I mean, wow. Well, I guess that's about it, eh? Yeah, I think so. Um, Mikhail Granlin becoming a factor. He was a really good. He was really good in game number three. I should say Zach Parisi scored in all three of the playoff games he played in. By the way, he got his third goal that put the Wild up ahead. Matt Dumba with a rifle shot looked like it was deflected by somebody, but no, it was all Matt Dumba. 
Eric Tanek getting his uh, first assist here in the postseason, and Daniel Winnick also getting his first assist on that one. Uh, Tyler Myers was hit pretty hard <laughs> later on, um, but then you get uh, Eric Stahl in game number four, the cross-check to the face, and a lame suspension, only one game for Morrissey. You thought it should have been more, and then you lose 5 nothing in game number five, so it's just like, whatever. Uh, Jordan Greenway, lifting the stick of the Winnipeg forward and then the wraparound shot at net. And it was a good, it was just an awesome play by Jordan Greenway. Simply put the puck on net. Sealer was able to get two assists in the game. His first two career points in the postseason. He got two in this game. Of course, Marcus Foligno deflecting a shot from Jared Spurgeon. Looked like Spurgeon's goal, but no, no, of course, Marcus Foligno did deflect it. Foligno was pretty good in the postseason, I'd have to say. He was in the right place in a lot of times, but at the same time, <laughs> for tongue twisters, well, it wasn't a, uh, I don't know, was, was Marcus Foligno worth almost $3 million a year? It's like, not really. Is Charlie Coyle worth $3.2 million a year? Not really. Is Nino Niederreiter worth $5.2 million a year? Not really. Uh, Eric Stahl scored one goal in the playoffs, and he had a very quiet month in March as well. Uh, damn it. You know, and it doesn't it always turn out that way. Uh, Koivu, generally speaking, had a pretty good postseason, but it didn't end well. The first three games were pretty good for Miko Cuevo. He was very active, very much a part of things. The two assists in game number three, four assists in the series. Not bad there by Miko Cuevo. He was solid in the in the first three games, and the last two, not really. Uh, like, nobody was particularly good in game number five. Uh, at the end of the day, if I'm to give a, an award to the best skater in this series... Well, I gotta give it to two guys, Zach Parisi and Nick Steeler. I think those are the two guys that really were consistent throughout the entire series. Parisi, I mean, you know, it's like he wasn't spectacular. Of course, he scored the one goal in a game he lose 4-1, to one, and it's like, okay, and it was the fourth, it was the fifth goal of the game. So, yeah, you're down 4 nothing. Oh, now Parisi scored. Yeah! But at the same time, at least, at least he's been consistent. That's the good part. At least he's doing something, you know, compared to earlier in the season. And, you know, generally speaking, you're seeing a Zach Parisi that's capable of scoring 30 goals again. And that's a very wonderful feeling. Nick Steeler's defense, his physicality, you could almost, if you were to give it to one individual, it's Nick Steeler for this series. And he's a rookie. He's a 24-year-old rookie, but he's a rookie. And what a nice addition to this team. And it's like, thank God Brodeen got hurt for a while there, as mean as that might sound, because certain guys who play the same position, we call it left-shot defensemen in the business, were unavailable because the position was filled. You know, you have room for three, maybe four guys, and you don't want to call up Nick Steeler and have him just sit and rot in the press box, do you? You want to call up Nick Steeler, see him get into the action, just like Carson Soucy, who ultimately did not play in game number five, and, well, that's the end of that. He got to see Kyle Rao play his first playoff game. Well, and talk is that he would have been on the roster a big portion of the season, and maybe he could have stuck all year, depending on his play, but salary cap situation did not allow that. So that sucks for Kyle Rao. Uh... It also sucks that we can't have we couldn't have uh, Sam Anas up here as well throughout the entire time. Of course, you had the massive call up at the end there just to have guys here, I guess. But they're just pretty much watching the game, like woohoo, you know, Louis Belpedio and all that. And that's kind of all she wrote there. It's just a mass call up because you can you can have them as injury replacements if things happen, and that's nice to know you're able to do that. Of course, kind of like in baseball, they have major call ups at the end of the season. So. Similar stuff and cool stuff, I suppose, having those guys available if need be. And you didn't get a whole lot of excitement, though, at the end of the day. When Zach Parisi got hurt, that was the end of the scoring. That was just, that was it. You didn't see anything from Eric Stahl. You didn't see anything from 
Jason Zucker again, 33 goals in the season, zero in the playoffs. So it just kind of, you just kind of put it all together. And it's like, we've seen this story before. We've seen Charlie Coyle disappear before. We've seen Koivu disappear when you need him most, even though, again, he was good in the first three games. But when you needed him in four and five, he wasn't good. He just wasn't. And I'm very happy we signed him to two more years for $11 million. 5.5 a year, of course, if you do simple math there. And that's where frustration sets in for myself and many others. Uh, Again, I don't even want to look at games four and five. Of course, I watch them. But it's like, what is there to say? What really is there to say? Mistakes were made. Charlie Coyle was one of them, of course, one of the significant ones. One of the significant turnovers that led to a goal. And it's just, you saw a team that just kind of, you know, doesn't belong with the other one. You saw a team that's got the combination that doesn't happen very often of large and fast at the same time. And you're hoping maybe a Jordan Greenway could be that type of guy. A Marcus Foligno. Marcus Foligno, he's kind of what he is. I mean, I don't know if he's going to get any better. I doubt it. He's kind of, you know, he's kind of middle-aged when it comes to hockey. He's not old. Jordan Greenway, I don't know how fast he's going to be, but he's certainly going to get stronger. He's going to hit the weights more, and he's going to get more comfortable in his skates, so to speak. And I thought he got more comfortable in this series as things moved forward. That's good. And it's nice to see that out of Jordan Greenway, but of course, very green. Pardon the pun. Pun kind of intended, kind of not. Very green out there, obviously. Still very new to the league, this and that. Um, Nick Steeler, not green at all, but I mean, he's, uh, there's an age difference here. I mean, Nick Steeler played college hockey. Nick Steeler played junior hockey. Nick Steeler played AHL hockey. Um, Jordan Greenway played a, couple, uh, played a few years in college, and he's just getting started. So, I mean, it's nice to know that Jordan Greenway played in college and competed in the NCAA tournament in multiple years and had a hat trick earlier this season. He does have goal-scoring capabilities. I'd say he's more of a playmaker than a goal scorer. And he's got he's really nifty with that stick. Nice passer. Got a nice future in this league, does Jordan Greenway. Hopefully he can bring more of that physicality and that fierceness that should be a part of his game. Obviously a guy his size, but you can't always guarantee that. Alex Tuck was a big guy, and he's about as soft as they come, but he still had a solid year for the Vegas Golden Knights. We'll talk about them in segment number two. Okay, so much for the... Uh, Shrinking Violet, that's going to be out in the first round. Oh, okay. I think the Vegas Golden Knights might have been getting a little bit careful late in the season. Careful. Like, yeah, we'll win games, but we have home ice regardless. And, yeah, we'll just, uh, yeah, we'll just kind of wait for the playoffs, I guess. And that's, I guess, what took place, I suppose, because considering who they swept, when you (laughs) look at the big picture and what that team has been capable of over the years, Okay, well done, Vegas Golden Knights. Yeah, we'll get back to that in a moment. But um, again, you're sitting here in a situation with the Minnesota Wild. You're plateauing. You know, you could say we've been plateauing for a while. Like when we lost in the second round to the Blackhawks in 2015. It felt like, okay, that's when reality started really setting in. We're never going to get past the second round, are we? And now it doesn't look like we're going to get past the first round anytime soon because you look at the big picture and what does it tell you? I mean, what do you... What do you get out of this? You look at all the other playoff teams in the conference. Do you think the Minnesota Wild would beat the Colorado Avalanche in a seven-game series? I don't think so. It didn't look good. And I'm not coming up here bad-mouthing the team, talking bad about them. I'm just giving you a dose of reality, giving myself a dose of reality. You think I like hearing this? I hate it. But it's but it's the way it is. Sometimes you got to come out and just tell the truth. Would the Minnesota Wild defeat the Colorado Avalanche in a playoff series right now? It didn't look good. I don't think we would. I mean, maybe. 
Um, Nashville, probably not. Maybe. I think we'd be more, more competitive against Nashville than Winnipeg. Apparently, that's the ultimate horrible matchup. Of course, that's the one that, no. <laughs> that was kind of like the Mighty Ducks back in 07. That was not going to happen. The LA Kings, would we beat them in a playoff series? I don't think so. We didn't play well against them this year. Vegas Golden Knights, well, we did play well against them, but look what they did when the playoffs came around. Good Lord, they swept the Los Angeles Kings. So, I don't know. The Sharks, maybe, because we've owned them the last two years, but when the playoffs start, I don't know. Um, last year, the Sharks kind of shrank and faded away. This year, they didn't. They swept the Anaheim Mighty Ducks, and they were the the road team. So, let's be honest. Of course, road doesn't always mean as much in the NHL as it does other sports. Or, should I say, home ice doesn't always mean as much in the Ducks case, the Anaheim Ducks. Um, would we beat the Anaheim Ducks in a playoff series? I don't think we would. I don't think so. We didn't play that well against them. That might be a six-gamer, maybe. Maybe seven. And, you know, yeah, well, Wild History versus uh, Boudreaux's History. Well, hopefully one would, uh, well, one one would have to give, hopefully. <laughs> hopefully it's the, uh, well, one would have to give. And hopefully that would be Boudreaux's uh, poor Game 7 record. And he has won a Game 7 in the playoffs years ago with the Washington Capitals. So let's be honest there, he has. Um... But you just sit down and look at the playoff picture and who the Wild would match up with in a good way. I don't know who that would be at this point. Maybe the Wild would beat the Golden Knights. I don't know. Um, Luckily for the Golden Knights, they knew the Kings well. That helps. Where I guess they, quote-unquote, don't know the Wild as well. But again, how well do the Golden Knights know the Kings when it's their first year together? So, I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. I guess they do. Um, I guess. Yeah, they played them enough during the regular season, per se. I don't know, man. Who would the Wild beat in the playoffs? Tampa Bay? No. New Jersey? Uh, that's a bad matchup. I mean, you could just go on forever with this. And I'm not trying to be a jerk. It's just a fact. Boston? Well, earlier, yeah. Lately, not really. Toronto? I think maybe we could beat them. I think so. Capitals? For some strange reason, no. We'd probably lose in five or, or four. Columbus? That hasn't been a good matchup. Pittsburgh's been a good matchup, but playoff time versus regular season, the whole... Regular season for show and postseason for dough type of thing. I don't know. Uh, Philadelphia, I think the Wild would beat them in a series. So you could just go on and on and on about all that. So I just went through the East as well. Um, a couple. I mean, I came up with maybe two or three teams out of the 16 here. Out of the 15, per se, because you got to, yeah, we're one of the 16. Um, oof, I don't know, man. I don't know. Not pretty. Not pretty, folks. Not pretty. So, the contract situation, Zach Crazy and Mr. Ryan Suter inked until 2025, uh, over 7.5 mil a year to the cap hit, of course, and unmovable contracts for multiple reasons, the money and the anchor, so to speak, the whole uh, uh, <clears throat> unmovable contract, you know, they can't move him, uh, Miko Koivu, again, well, he was signed for $6.75 million and we, uh, you know, that was his contract that was fairly long years ago, and now $5.5 million a year extension, two-year contract extension, so and uh, that leads up until 2020. So you're shaving off about $1.25 mil or so. Is it two? Yes. No, $1.2 million. $1.25 million. Ah, I'm crazy. Okay, $1.25 million off the books in terms of Mika Cueva's contract, you're saving a little teeny bit there. Granlin's making 5.75. Nito Niederreiter, and of course, Granlin is signed until 2020. So, same as Cuevu there. But Granlin signed until 22. 2022, he's got four more years in that contract, including, yeah, obviously starting with next season, that's four more years. 
5.25 there. Tyler N is $4.6 million. He is inked into he is inked through next season, but there you go. This is where we get into the whole bio conversation. Michael Russo went on Dan Barrero recently. He's been going on daily, so to speak. Of course, Barrero was not on yesterday, but two days ago, Thursday. Um, that Tyler Ennis is more than likely going to be bought out. It's not a, it's not in stone yet, but odds are very strong that Tyler Ennis will be bought out. He's he's again four point six million. So of course a buyout situation at Tyler Ennis's age plus twenty six, he would get two point three or excuse me two thirds of yeah two point three. Funny how that came up. Two thirds of his of his contract in the buyout, and then the cap hit would be split into the next two years because well whatever's remaining it gets split up in a double amount of years. So luckily only one year is remaining. So it's kind of like borrowing money, you could say. So instead of being a UFA, so to speak, his contract being a UFA, being off the books in 2020, it would be $2.3 million in <clears throat> 2018, 19, and $2.3 in 2019 and 20. So there you go. So basically you split it up into the two years. So you save something. You save, you literally save $2.3 off the books but you add it into that following year, unfortunately. So it, it just kind of goes that way. That's the way you do it. That's the way you maneuver the salary cap in the NHL. Uh, Mr. Eric Stahl is going into his free agency after next season, $3.5 Charlie Coyle, an interesting case here. Again, I do believe Tyler Ennis will be gone and will be bought out. That's why Thomas Vanek's contract is still on the roster, or still on the thing here, because he had two years remaining. So it was split up one year remaining, pardon me, $5 million remaining. And this is now the second year that Vanek has been gone. So again, that's why you're seeing 2.5 million on the books for 17-18. That's coming off. So there you go. You're making space for potentially signing restricted free agents, Jason Zucker and Mr. Dumba. So we're looking at about $9 million to play with in order to re-sign those guys. Jason Zucker, 33 goals in the regular season, nothing in the postseason. Okay, so there you go. Again, you're playing with about 9 to $10 million, somewhere in there, depending on the situation, who you keep, who you don't, because you're factoring that in. Um, it's hard to say what you're going to do there. Jason Zucker, how much are you going to give Jason Zucker? You know, I mean, Shirley Coyle's making 3.2. Okay, that's not the worst thing ever, but it's, I don't know, I don't even think he's worth that right now. He's not. Uh, this Nino Niederreiter contract, I don't feel good about it. I don't, I'm not seeing anything out of Nito Niederreiter right now. And we're happy that he had that wonderful year last year. But again, there it is, the contract year. And look at the term of this deal, 2022. That's a long time, man, uh, for five and a quarter million dollars per. That's a lot. That's a lot, man. That's $22 million, of course, coming Nito Niederreiter's way. Actually, $26 million, to be exact. That's crazy when you put it all together. But then again... Mm, that would that would have included this year as well. So there's your 26 there. Um, that's crazy. Mm, but well, considering what you got at a Nito Niederreiter this year, okay, he got hurt, and then he was still kind of hurt. This and that. But boy, um, production versus contract doesn't add up. And you hope he can stay healthy into next season. This and that. I guess it's one of those broken bone type of injuries. That's not somebody being injury prone. That's a broken bone. So hopefully. You don't need a writer. We'll be able to uh, continue in the next season. You're going to have a hell of a time trading him with that contract, I think, at this point. Four years remaining here, folks. That's a lot. Four years remaining is a lot. So, yeah, it's going to be tough. So that's about $21 million remaining on that contract. Yes, and you do the math correctly. Um, 
So I think Dino Niederreiter is going to be back on the wild. Uh, you might be able to trade him, but it'll be expensive, a tough deal, and you're going to be getting a contract back. That's the thing. You'd be getting a contract back that you might not like, like a Tyler Ennis' type of contract, $4.6 million for what you got, about 18 points. So, yeah, great. Great season, Tyler. <laughs> a skilled guy that can't score. A skilled guy that can't score. He can't hit. Or when he does hit, it doesn't do much. And ultimately, he gets hurt more than the guy he hits. Great season, Tyler. Um, God bless you. Good guy. And obviously a close, close friend for Mr. Jared Spurgeon. Both grew up in the Edmonton, Alberta area there. God bless Tyler Ennis. I have no nothing against the guy. But unfortunately, again, not a fit for this team right now financially or on the ice. So that's a situation you really have to highly consider moving on there. And I think the Wild are absolutely going to do that. That's just my guess. And you know, when, when Russo said that, it's like, oh yeah, duh. Because you look at the situation, one year's left. It's not so terrible at the end of the day. If you were willing to buy out Thomas Vanek's $5 million, well, Tyler Ennis is slightly less. You might as well do it, I guess. And you have to eat the cap space a couple years from now, but that's life eat the, not the whole cap space. Again, it's cut in half. So it's kind of like borrowing cap space, basically. And you have to kind of quote unquote, pay it back the next year. That's basically what you're doing in that sense. So there will be money to sign Zucker and Dumba as restricted free agents, but we'll see what happens. Do you let Zucker go? I don't know. That would be kind of tough. It wouldn't, people wouldn't be very happy, but if Zucker's going to demand five plus, which I think he's going to, good luck. Good luck. That's just going to strap us some more. And we can't even call people up out of the AHL because we're so close to the cap or we're over the cap. And, oh, my God, that's frustrating. But Matt Cullen's $1 million is coming off the books. But then again, again, that factors in the $9 million. Matt Cullen will not be back. There's no chance. He's turning 42, and he wasn't that good anymore. He's okay. He had some good moments, particularly in March. Playoff time comes around. He's adequate. He scored the first goal of the series for Minnesota anyway, and other than that, Mrs. Lincoln, well, okay, not that bad, but it wasn't, you know, it wasn't the best season for Matt Collin. In fact, it was statistically his worst season because he's 41 bleeping years old. So God bless him. I love Matt Collin. What a great guy. What a great uh, career and all that. I'm pretty convinced he's going to walk away from the NHL. Um, unless maybe he resigns to someone else, the odds of the Wild bringing him back extremely slim. You have a lot of AHL players like Justin Kloos that deserved to be on the NHL, Kyle Rowe, somebody like that that could take his spot on that fourth line or quote-unquote third line. Well, Eric Janak would move up to the third line, deservedly, at minimum. He'd be the third line center. And then you have a fourth liner in Justin Kloos. I'm pretty convinced that's the guy, but we'll see in the, in the future and, of course, in the offseason who we're going to sign. I would feel pretty comfortable starting out the season with Justin Kloos as the fourth line center, but then again, let people compete. Let people compete. Uh, Luke Cunning, we'll have to wait and see where, where how things go with him. They call him a center, but he's kind of a winger, right, at the NHL level at this moment. He was a center in college, but in the NHL, I think he's a winger for now. Maybe someday a center. Kind of like how things started out with Coyle. He was a winger, then a center, then a winger, then a center. Whatever. He can play both, and that's kind of the case with guys like Kloos. Or, yeah, not Kloos, but uh, Kloos is a natural center. Uh, guys like... Uh, <clears throat> Cunning and such. I see him more as a winger in the NHL at the moment. At the moment. A left winger. Uh, of course, uh, Ryan Suter. Whew, boy, he's going to have a hell of a time coming back. Pray to God that that uh, ta ta talisbone, talisbone recovers. 
nicely over the course of this uh, offseason. I just patted my ankle right where about where the tallest bone is there, right in the middle. You know, the little ball sockets you see on everything? That's basically what the tallest bone is to your foot. Yeah, it's that little ball socket. And if that gets damaged, what happens to the movement of, say, a monitor? A, a monitor screen, like that's sticking out of the wall and you have that little wall socket that lets you move the monitor around. Now, if that ball socket gets broken, what what happens? It doesn't move anymore, right? So... Yeah, please, oh, pray to God for that. Obviously, the blood flow is a issue in that area in terms of just like my little scaphoid bone on my wrist, which is permanently not coming. Uh, the mechanics are permanently not the same anymore. Yeah, um, the blood flow is about double, <laughs> or, you know, is about, or it makes the lack of blood flow takes the bone more than twice as long to heal. So there's that too. So hopefully for Ryan Suter, again, he'll recover nicely from that injury. Obviously, we know how he's signed until 2025. Jared Spurgeon is signed through 2020. 5.1 million, almost 5.2. I have no complaints about that contract. No complaints. It's not that much longer. And at the same time, he is as good a defenseman as you have on the roster. It's a lot, but it's Jared Spurgeon. You know, so I'm not too, I'm not too uh, about that one. I wish he could stay healthy a little more. He's been getting hurt lately. He'd been a healthy guy, but he's been getting hurt. Of course, Brodeen. Same thing. He'll be iron for a while, and then he'll get hurt again. Uh, he's at about 4.1, almost 4.2 million a year. He's signed through 2021. Fairly long contract. As I remember in the offseason last year, I was thinking you'd have a hell of a time training him with such a large contract. Again, though, Matt Dumba, of course, his 2.5 is coming off the books in terms of he's a restricted free agent. So again, that goes into that uh, that bag, we could call it, imaginary bag of about 9 to 10 million of, of cap space that'll be uh, available. But uh, how much is Matt Dumba going to want? Again, how much is Matt Dumba going to seek? He he signed or he scored 50 goals or 50 points this season. He had a 50-point season, a very strong year in offensively. Defensively, he had gaffes, he had lapses, this and that, and things get very interesting there. Um, how much is he going to want? Is he going to want Brodeen money? Is he going to take a little less than that? Is he going to want more? He's probably going to start off with more. He's going to want more, I'm sure. Brodeen is more of a stalwart defenseman who just does his job out there. He'll score a little bit, score a couple goals, put the puck on net, get a few assists on the season. He's a 20 to 25 point guy, maybe 30 if it was a really good team in front of him, but we'll have to wait and see there. Um, Matt Dumba, is he going to want $5 million? I hope not. I wouldn't be surprised if it's over four, though. Um, if, you want, if they come to some kind of a four... I bet, I bet he's going to seek five years and something of the likes of $25 million. So I wouldn't be surprised. And I don't know. We'll see what happens. It's going to be tough to get both of them under the cap properly, Dumba and Spur, uh, uh, Zucker. I wouldn't be surprised if both of them start off at a bare minimum of $5 million a year. And hopefully you can compromise, get it down to four and a half for one of them. Maybe really lucky you can get uh, Zucker down to $4 million a year, but... I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if that's going to happen. Same with Dumba. That would be great, but it's going to be tough. Of course, yeah, we're very fortunate. We have lots of nice defensemen prospects in the system. Gustav Olsen has signed in the next season. 7.2 or 725,000. So that's not too bad. Carson Soucy, 925,000. Weird. Why is it so much more? Olsen was drafted higher. Uh, 925 also for Belpedio. Both of them become restricted free agents in 2020. Belpedio and Susie. So Belpedio only one year. And again, don't be surprised if Belpedio is on the NHL roster next year, which could mean Prosser. Of course, he signed for 650000 Um I think Prosser is going to, well, yeah, he'll be on the wild. 
Will he be? Will he be willing to be that seventh defenseman again? Who will who will get ice time? He'll switch between. Uh, it'll be himself and Belpedio because they're both right shot defensemen. Which in that case, if you're going to keep Susie, I don't know. Yeah, it's tough. The whole left shot situation. You got Suter, Brodeen, and then the next guy, Sealer. That would be Sealer. So then Susie. It would be between Susie, Prosser, and Belpedio at the end of the day. Um, uh, Belpedio, of course, right shot. Prosser right shot, Susie left shot. So only one of those three guys would get regular uh, ice time, so to speak, in situations. Sometimes guys move around, this and that. Of course, you got uh, Spurgeon and Dumba on the right side. So that's where that comes in. The, who, who would be the number three right shot defense? And it would be between Velpedio and, and Prosser. And then Susie, unfortunately, for the left shots, odd man out at this moment, unless uh, there's some type of uh, an injury. So Susie would easily be the first guy called up now because Steeler's got that spot. To me, Steeler is an NHL defenseman, and there's no doubt about it. Ryan Murphy, again, also, I, I got to think you'd rather have Belpedio on the, in the lineup than Ryan Murphy. His 700000 comes off the books. He's a restricted free agent. The Wild may or may not bring him back in terms of for insurance, and he'd be a good minor league defenseman and insurance, again, if injuries take place. Prosser is signed into next season. I didn't even realize it was a two-year contract, but he is signed into next season. So nice to have him in that sense. His, his value is there. Very cheap contract and, and good to have. Another guy I want to keep, too. Well, I mean, a guy I think is gone. He's a restricted free agent. I think Curtis Gabriel, I wouldn't bring him back. He's just, meh. He's not that good. Um, Eric Sinek becomes a restricted free agent after 2020. Luke Cunning becomes a restricted free agent after 2021. Could go on forever, but it's important stuff when you look at the uh, future of this team. Daniel Winnick signed for six thousand six hundred thousand sixty <laughs> this season. Very nice deal considering he made two point five last year with the Washington Capitals. I would like to keep Daniel Winnick, but if we can't, we can't. It's one of those type of things. Can we fit him under the cap, or is there a young guy again like a Kyle Rao you'd rather have on that fourth line instead of Daniel Winnick? Well, Winnick brings a physicality and a skill that is hard to find in a fourth liner. I, I really like what Daniel Winnick brings. He's he's a, a nice player. He's he's always durable. He never complains. He's got a good attitude. I love what Daniel Winnick brings. I mean, I wouldn't be disappointed at all if I say Daniel Winnick signed for one year, 800000 something like that. It could be. Uh, maybe a million. I don't know. But we'll see what happens. I don't think he's going to be demanding a crazy amount of money. But if he does, then... I guess good luck with the Florida Panthers or somebody like that, which is where, where you know, which is how it goes sometimes in the NHL. You know, some team maybe offers Daniel Winnick 1.5. We have 800 or 700 for him. He's probably going to go with 1.5, but you never know. Depends on just how happy he was here. He seemed like he was happy here, and and Bruce, him and Bruce Boudreaux have a good relationship, and that's good, to, good to see. You never saw, you never felt any rift between Boudreaux and Winnick throughout the season. Um, I really like him, and I've never understood people on uh, Facebook pages out there that say, oh, Winnick is useless. No, he's not. No, he's not. I highly disagree with that. I think there's a lot more useless guys on the roster considering what they're getting paid, where they were drafted, and what expectations are on them, and you could name many of them. Tyler Ennis is one of them at the top there. Charlie Coyle, for what he was supposed to be, I'm not seeing it, brother. There's a little skill there. It's there. But it ain't happening. And there's too many guys in the NHL history that have done this. Where there's all kinds of promise, expectations in there. They're just they're just a nothing burger out there compared to anything they're supposed to be. He deserves to be an NHL player. There's no doubt about that. But at best, you know, he's like a third liner, man. At best. I don't know. At best, Coyle's a third liner right now. 
when you put him up on the first line, it's just, oh, that'll get him going. And it doesn't get him going, you know. So whatever. Great. We put him on the first line for what? You know, and that's what took place in these games. We got shut out. He got to play on the first line some rather than putting together, you know, your top lines that can actually do things out there. The stall Zucker Granlin that actually did something. Maybe that would have gotten Zucker going. A guy who does score or has scored 30 goals in his career. Coyos barely uh, scratched 20 goals in his career, and the frustration continues there. He's had good moments, but then he disappears. And it's Coyle, the friendly ghost, Charlie, the friendly ghost, the friendliest ghost you'll know. And uh, that's where the frustration comes in. So, sorry if that was kind of weird and goofy, but what's going on? Charlie, the friendly ghost. Yep, I'm going into a lot of money today, but it's interesting. And I like, you know, I like looking at this because you get to kind of get a bigger, a broader picture of the situation here. You have defensemen that, it's nice to know we have a fairly rich glut of defensemen here. We, we do. Um, you got two left shot defensemen in Steeler and Susie that deserve to be in the NHL. Obviously, Steeler's got the upper hand at the moment. And he's a free agent after, he's a free agent right now. So that's another thing. He's a restricted free agent right now. So, oof, boy, hopefully, well, obviously the Wild will be bringing him back. I got to think. But how much is he going to demand? Obviously, that's one of the reasons. <laughs> so uh, Susie becomes a restricted free agent after next season. Could you imagine if the Wild lost Steeler? That would be like board up the freaking Exo Energy Center. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. That would really suck, though. Um, he's highly deserving of being in the NHL. Nick Steeler, highly deserving of being in the NHL. Regardless if Ryan Suter is healthy or not, Nick Steeler is an NHL left shot defenseman, without a doubt. Uh, Belpedio, again, we'll see. Belpedio's got some skill. He's a two-way defenseman who can score, and, and obviously he's a solid defender as well. He's got a future in the league. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Dubnik signed through 2021. Alex Stalock is... Signed through next season, and Nicholas Vedberg is an unrestricted free agent. So I'm not sure he'll be coming back. He didn't. He didn't have the ba- the greatest season in the minor leagues. Guys like uh, Stephen Michael, Mc- same thing. He's a restricted free agent. I don't know, man. I don't know. <laughs> don't know. Uh, Kyle Quincy's coming off the books. That's nice. One point two. Guys like Zach Mitchell. Well, yeah, he's kind of, he's a restricted free agent. Victor Louv. Free agent, blah, blah, blah. Kel O'Reilly signed the next year. Ferraro signed the next year. So, again, those are buried cap hits because they were in the AHL or or uh, or whatever. Oh, no, they're in the AHL. So that's the situation there. Could go on forever when you think about this. Yep. Uh, Sam, Sam Anas, also restricted free agent. I'd like to make sure he's back. I would like to make sure Sam Anas is back. Brennan Mendel signed until 2020. That's good. So... We'll just have to wait and see there. Pavel Jenny's signed through next season. Mm, I could go on forever. But uh, these are important players. Some of them are prospects, obviously, veterans as well. It's going to be an interesting offseason. It's fun to talk about in a sense of at least to get a broader picture of what's really going on with the organization. Uh, how good things are, how bad things are, this, that. At least you get an idea of how this offseason can go. And that was kind of my idea going into this as we head into the offseason. Again, the uh, Mike Madonna Award for the series is Nick Sealer. And the, <laughs> boy, you could give it to a lot of them. Jared Spurgeon Memorial. Eric Stahl, Invisible. Uh, Charlie Coyle, Invisible. Nino Niederreiter, Invisible. Um, Granlin, no, he was good. He was good for the most part. He wasn't great, but he was good. Zucker, God, yes. Uh, Stahl, Niederreiter, Coyle, and Zucker all deserve it. Uh, Devin Dubnik, honorable mention, obviously. At least for the first four games, you could say deserves 
absolutely deserves a Mike Madonna award, shared Mike Madonna award with Nick Steeler. But uh, obviously game five, not so good. But 29 seconds into the game, it's just like bye-bye, Birdie. You, you just knew it was over. And Winnipeg was ready to say, we're done here, we're moving on. And they will be playing the, I don't know yet, because the Avalanche won. So they look dangerous, and boy, do they ever. They scare me. I wouldn't want to play them in the postseason. The matchup was not pretty. So with that, we'll take a quick break, and we will look at the po- the uh, playoffs bracket. There will be no prospect talk other than just now. I basically talked about anything. I've talked about everything wild just now, prospect situation and such. Kyle Rouse a free agent, by the way. So that's another one, restricted free agent Kyle Rouse. So will the Wild be bringing him back next year? to skate with the fourth line or AHL's top, top line, second line. So scoring lines of one way or another in that sense. So with that, we will take a break and we will look at the postseason. And after that, wrap things up. playoffs. Might as well keep up with things, right? We're still hockey fans. A, right? Better be. Eastern Conference, Eastern Conference, Tampa Bay Lightning and (laughs) New Jersey Devils. Well, that series continues is the way it's going. Not positively for the Devils, but Devils look like a good team that are going to be dangerous for a long time. Obviously, you like the young up-and-comers there, Adam Hall and Nico Hershier, if I'm saying it correct. I don't think I'm saying it right, but my apologies there. Uh, Adam Hall, though, still a terrible trade for the uh, Edmonton Oilers. Larson's a decent defenseman, but he's decent. I mean, he's decent. That's about it. At best, he's a Brodeen. At best. And then you get Adam Hall, who's, well, better than anybody in Minnesota. He is. And you know what? We appreciate what Eric Stahl and Jason Zucker brought, but I don't know. They're not the kind of guys you look at as, oh my, woo, you know, at the end of the day. Even though their numbers were great this season, so I will give them credit. Again, not bringing anybody down here. I apologize there. The Devils kind of situation similar to the Wild, I guess. Losing the first two, winning number three, and losing game four again at home. Bummer there. Odds are that today, Saturday, April the 21st, here on episode number 183 of Brave the Wild, that the Tampa Bay Lightning will put an end to the uh, New Jersey Devils season and I definitely believe that'll take place. Toronto's not looking so good against Boston either. I mean, Boston has had some huge offense and then some strong defense. Same thing again. My, do you notice a trend here? Bruins, two uh, win the first two games. They dominate the Maple Leafs. Just dominated that team. It's literally the same. Like Winnipeg, number two seed. Uh, Toronto, number three. And Toronto looks like the Minnesota Wild of the uh, Eastern Conference right now. Number three seed in their division. Yep, Boston wins the first two. Maple Leafs have a nice positive game, number three, and then three to one. Kind of a quiet, close uh, loss for Toronto at at home against the Boston Bruins, who look uh, ready to move on as well. No major surprise there. At the end of the day, Capitals and Blue Jackets. Well, the Blue Jackets were able to knock the Capitals off in overtime in the first two games. This is a very exciting series, but then the Capitals finally have a pretty solid win in Columbus. In Columbus. <laughs> yeah, a 4-1 to loss for Columbus. Boy, they had a chance to take a 3-1 to lead and then they lose 4-1. to That's a big loss for the Blue Jackets, but still a strong chance that they will win the series. Hard to say, though, because um, home ice shifts back to Washington. We know that doesn't always mean anything, but sometimes it does. 
Um, so far in this series, it's been only the road team, which would mean that the Blue Jackets will win Game 7 in Washington, which would not surprise me at all because we know what Washington does in the playoffs. And if they get past the Pittsburgh Penguins, or excuse me, they get past, yeah, right, they get past Columbus, we know what's going to happen in round number two because Pittsburgh always beats Washington. Pittsburgh always beats Washington. If Pittsburgh was the worst team in the playoffs and Washington had 130 points and they were they had like the next Gretzky, Curry, and uh, <clears throat> Messier, Penguins would still beat them because the Penguins are the next Gretzky, Curry, and Messier, at least right now. Kind of. <clears throat> kind of. I mean, they're they're deeper than the Edmonton Oilers, aren't they? As much as great as Connor McDavid is, Drysdale's okay, but is he your number two star for a championship team? Eh, I don't know. Pittsburgh's got too many stars there. They, Matt Cullen, boy, oh boy, I bet Matt Cullen wishes he was there right now, but I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't be talking that way. Pittsburgh and Philadelphia, that's been a bit back to back and forth already through five games that series. That series got started early. Penguins up 7 nothing in that first game. Yuck! But then the Flyers came roaring back, blah, blah, blah. Nice road win for Philadelphia, but then they lose both of their home games. You can't do that. And then they win in Pittsburgh. Gutty keep that series alive, 4-2. to So, cool. Gutty. Uh, obviously, the winners of each series will continue in their division, that type of thing. Tampa Bay will end up playing the winner of Boston. Uh, well, yeah, Boston and Tampa will face off in the second round, most likely. Would not surprise me one bit. Uh, they, uh, well, well, not surprise me one bit that it's those two teams, of course. <sighs> What's going to happen with Columbus and Washington? I don't know, man. Um, nice comeback by Washington, though. They hung in there. They, it took two overtimes for them to win Game 3. Blue Jackets win that game. That's just about it. I mean, a 3-0 deficit, it's happened, but not much. Not much. It's pretty rare. Um, really rare, actually. Uh, mm. I think Columbus is going to move on. They can. But obviously the winner of this series, they're going to lose to Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's going to beat Philadelphia, and Pittsburgh will be back in the East Finals versus Boston. I'm still sticking with Boston right now. They look really good. The Lightning look good, too. I prefer to see the Lightning. I, I really like the Tampa Bay Lightning. I don't know what it is. I just love that team. <laughs> obviously good skill players. I like the logo, the skill, all that. I like the name. Um, but I like the Bruins, too. I'd like to see the winner of those two go to the Finals this year. I hope they do. I'm tired of Pittsburgh. You think I'm not the only one. God bless you, Chris Porter, if you're listening out there. Chris Porter's a big Sharks and, of course, Pittsburgh Penguins fan. A bigger Penguins fan than a Sharks fan. Major shout-out to uh, Chris Porter right there. And, of course, another Chris. Chris Stortz in Northern California. Chris Porter right now lives in Idaho. He's moved around a bit. He's originally from Pennsylvania. He's lived in Northern Cal, of course, which became helped him become a Sharks fan. Now he's in Idaho. He's a well-traveled man, per se, you could, <laughs> in, in his life. Um, and then you get Chris Storch as well, the Teal Town Podcast, one of many hosts there. He's also starting up a beer podcast as well. I don't know the name yet, I th- unless he did list it, and I'm forgetting, and I do apologize. So major shout-out to both Chris Porter and Chris Storch. Both of you are uh, <laughs> you know, wonderful guys. Thank you very much for uh, your friendship and, and, and all. Uh, Chris Porter used to host an NHL East to West podcast, but he, he didn't do it for very long. I don't know if he didn't have time or what it was on the sportsstuff.com. It was years ago. Too bad. I wish he kept it going, but sometimes people just don't have time, or he did, maybe didn't feel like he, uh, you know, maybe he just didn't feel like he wanted to do it. So that's how it goes sometimes. Um, Nashville started the series off very well against Colorado, very strongly, and then uh, Avalanche started scoring goals, and they just started hanging in there, and they look dangerous. Uh, Predators barely beat the Avs in game number four, and then the Avs take out the Predators in game five. It's an interesting series. Um, 
very, very strong possibility this could go to seven, and Nashville does not want that. You do not want to go seven games, but Colorado is damn good. Winnipeg, you know, it's like I hate to say this. You know, as I kept saying earlier in the first segment about how Minnesota's Minnesota would have a tough time against just about anybody in the playoffs right now. You know, Nashville got Nashville got the uh, Nashville got the short straw when it came to draws in the first round. You know, I really hate saying that though. I, I I do think Minnesota would have played better against Nashville than against Winnipeg. I do believe that. Minnesota's had some wonderful, entertaining games. Us, uh, we have had some wonderful games against the Nashville Predators over the last couple of years, particularly just sometimes last season. I remember we just shelled Pekka Rinne, but pretty much ever since the playoffs, Rinne's been a completely different goalie, um, and he's been living up to the potential. A lot of us saw him as a good goalie for a long time. He's a veteran, but it seemed like it's like he was always this good goalie, but would he ever be great, that type of thing, and he was great last year until Pittsburgh showed up. <sighs> I don't know. Nashville got a lucky draw in that sense. Um, they match up so tough against us, boy. They beat the crap. They match up so poorly for the Wild and uh, great for them, so to speak. And that's what happened. Um, uh, Winnipeg just might go to the Stanley Cup Finals. I don't know. But I'm beginning to think it might be the Vegas Golden Knights. I'm beginning to think the Golden Knights just might be the Philadelphia Eagles of hockey. I'm starting to think that could happen. But I do expect Nashville to beat Colorado, but it's going to be a hell of a uh, finish. And if Colorado wins that series, wow, <laughs> they would be another one. But yeah, I, I don't think, uh, yeah, I don't think, um, no, I don't think the, <laughs> yeah, Kaplan's Wilds offseason game plan, how to get past the first round next year. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, see, that's the thing. You got all these young stars, at least Miko Ratanen, uh, Nathan McKinnon, Tyson Berry in uh, Colorado. That's multiple like future stars for Colorado, uh, Colorado Avalanche. You have veterans there, Linus Kopp, and then you have freaking uh, Patrick Liney for the uh, Winnipeg Jets and all the other great veterans, which aren't that old. You know, Bufflin's getting a little bit older, but look how good he still is. And freaking Wheeler's like a superstar right now. Uh, to think he was on the Gophers. That's not crazy. Yeah, not many Gopher players go into that type of greatness, but he's heading that direction right now. Oh, it's frustrating to be on the negative end of these uh, matchups, isn't it? Um, Minnesota Wild have some nice, hopeful players, but none of them stand out. None of them. None. Zero. You know, Kaprizov maybe, and he's grounded, you know. He's grounded in Russia. It just sucks. Uh, it sucks. Well, Pacific Division, you got Pacific sweeps going on. Golden Knights sweep the Kings in very close games, but incredible goaltending by a guy who struggled mightily in Pittsburgh, Mark andre Fleury. And then look at the Golden Knights sweep the Los Angeles Kings, the team that is capable of being, you know, whatever seed they are, kicking everybody's ass, going to the Stanley Cup Finals and, and, and winning it. That's what the Kings are. You know, they are that team. And they're like the San Francisco Giants of, of, of hockey. If that, But maybe... Maybe beating the San Francisco Giants, Vegas could be the Philadelphia Eagles of hockey. So, and I think that possibility is up there. And we'll see what happens when they get to the West Finals, if they do. Uh, San Jose Sharks sweep the Ducks. Impressive, impressive, impressive. Chris starts. Impressive series. Wow. Teal Town Podcast. Another major shout-out. And yes, and he said thanks for the shout-out earlier there on Twitter, at Brave the Wild, at Brave the Wild. And also want to thank Hockey Podcast for sharing the show and Vince Germano out of Australia for retweeting the show. Chris telling me thanks for the shout-out. And you're very welcome, in case he's listening. Um, 
Great show, Teal Tone Podcast. And, of course, Chris, one of multiple hosts of that show, a very ambitious uh, thing there where they literally they record after every game, every game. They record live, and then it goes on the podcast. So pretty cool, pretty cool stuff. Um, I believe it's on YouTube Live, but obviously you can check that out in the Twitter account at Teal Town Podcast or just yeah, look that up, Teal Town USA. Good stuff. And, well, go ahead and jump on the Sharks bandwagon because they just might go to the West Finals, too. It's going to be interesting. I, I'm kind of thinking that I, I don't know. Golden Knights and Sharks. Boy, one of you two is going to the West Finals, and you'll be playing a very, very, very tough team in the next round. Winnipeg or Nashville? Ooh, boy. Ooh, tough. Tough matchup either way. But, hey, if you keep playing as well as you are, maybe you're the tough matchup. So, best of luck there. Right now... I still have the Boston Bruins in the Eastern Conference Finals, and boy, in the West, I don't know. I don't know anymore. And Nashville's still really good, and they're running into a team with a ton of talent. That's what's hanging in there. I guess I'll stick with Nashville. i got to stick with what I have, but don't be surprised. You know, It could be the Golden Knights. It could be. Uh, I've got a sneaky feeling, but we'll see. I, I don't know. They're gonna, they might get a pretty harsh reality check against San Jose or the uh, again, Winnipeg Jets, Nashville Predators. All the four teams that will be advancing here are extremely dangerous. And even if Colorado advances, they're extremely dangerous. Let's be fair and honest here. Let's be fair and honest. So again, at Brave the Wild is the Twitter account. Again, and I already mentioned what I needed to there. Thank you guys for the shares and retweets. And thank you for the shout out, Chris. Uh, at least on Twitter there. Thank you very much. And on the show and, and such. Uh, thank you always for that. Um, great guy there, Chris. Uh, we like to exchange beer on occasion. <laughs> it's good stuff. Surly here and then Ale Smith. Oh my God, Ale Smith. Oh, that is a an awesome. Um, yep, how it, it was it like a year or two ago? They they started bringing it to Minnesota. I was just like, oh my God, Ale Smith's coming to Minnesota. How cool is this? And yeah, it lived up to the hype. I mean, because I'd heard about Ale Smith on that Greg's beer reviews on YouTube how amazing it is, and it's just, I couldn't wait, and then you get Bloody Valentine, you get the, uh, what's the, ah, shoot, what's the autumn one, damn it, but it's very similar to Bloody Valentine, it's a red IPA, and I love red IPAs, like, uh, 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 the heck is it called, yeah, Castle Danger, Danger Castle, ah, crap, out of two harbors, they have, uh, Red Hop Rising every September, oh my goodness, I love red IPAs, love red IPAs, Flipside, also Northern California, they're just like, uh, Ale Smith from Sierra Nevada, Flipside, unbelievable, as that was in the IPA, uh, batch this year, it's called, what, four, four-way IPA, you could get that locally here, so, in Minnesota, even though it's Northern California, where it originates, <laughs> I wonder how Chris feels about Sierra Nevada, I'm guessing he likes it too, Sierra Nevada's awesome, so in case you're listening, uh, Chris, uh, let me know your thoughts of Sierra Nevada beers. Gosh, Torpedo, Tropical Torpedo. Oh, my goodness. And, of course, Flipside IPA, just legendary. And, but the best of all, though, the one that wins the wins every year, every November into Christmas season and all that is Celebration. Just legendary. Legendary. So we continue from that. Um, converse, oh, there is conversation on the Facebook page. Cool. Uh... I posted about Nick Sealer, and I was saying how he's the next Willie Mitchell for the Minnesota Wild. I think he is. I do. Uh, 20, maybe anywhere from 15 to 25 points a year. Stalwart defenseman, just in the right place, right time, physical presence, right place, right time. Not, lifts, lifts guys' sticks, pushes them away, wins puck battles along the wall. He's a Willie Mitchell, and the Wild have been waiting for a Willie Mitchell since Willie Mitchell left, and that's a long, long, long time ago, and wow, we finally have another Willie Mitchell, and you know, that Richard Matvichuk, Willie Mitchell type, and thank you. Love Nick Steeler. 
welcome to the NHL, and please stay as long as possible. Please. <laughs> and the conversation about Jets, Jets defenseman Morrissey, that son of a biscuit who, uh, or should I just say son of a bitch, who uh, cross-checked Eric Stahl in the face. Yeah, cross-checked Eric Stahl right in the face, and the refs just kind of said, oh, oh, I, yeah, that's just hockey. That's part of hockey. A, that's just part of hockey. Bucker up. Bucker up, sister. Okay, no offense to women there. I know how some people get sensitive pretty quickly. Um, but buck up, son of a gun, or whatever, you know. <laughs> no. Um, then they got a one-game suspension. Minnesota, or he did. Um, Minnesota Wild should have been on a 5-3, and three, and it helped cost us the game in game number four. And, yeah, that was extremely frustrating. It's just all the offseason feelings and thought process have overshadowed that now. It's like, because it's a couple games ago, obviously, and I think it got a lot of media time, a lot of frustration from everybody. It was a bullcrap non-call. It was a bullcrap move by Morrissey, without a doubt, and we'll continue there. Paul Vesey on the Facebook page says, Bullshit. Yep, he's frustrated with the uh, only one-game suspension. Paul Vesey continues saying he needs more, and I was saying I think at least five. Kurt Back out of Lakeville here says, This is huge for the Wild. I'm like, well, too little too late. And then Don Johnson Jr. says, Garbage. Um, no, it's not big news for the Wild. <laughs> Kurt, sometimes you're silly. No, it's okay. Uh, that guy's funny. No, it's not big news. It's big news in terms of the the non-call was big news, and it was uh, irritating. And uh, Mr. Boudreau was a little ticked off in the press conference, as you might imagine there, you know. So extreme frustration coming in with that one. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow, that's been that long. Huh. Man, I wish the Wild could have Kirill Coppers off, but, well, at least two years away with that one if not longer, and we might be looking at another NHL lockout by that point, which would be like, well, maybe we'll get Coppers off when he's 28. (laughs) I just love that. And then he's just a halfway decent second-line player in the NHL by then because he, you know, God, what a bummer that would, oh, I'd just be crying. You know, this team is dying for a star player, Patrick Liney type, you know, Patrick Kane type, you know, Patrick Liney, Patrick Kane, Um, uh, not Landis Cobb, but Nathan McKinnon, you know. Why can't the Wild get a guy like that just once? You know, we, we did at the very beginning, and then he was injury-prone. He had he was kind of selfish. He had an attitude, and he played defense about as good as I would in the NHL right now. Yeah, so, yeah. The only star we got was a prima donna. That's all. You know, and you know what? God bless Marion Gabrick. What an entertaining star he was. But there are times it was like... Come on, man. Stop disappearing. You know, was was he ever going to break through? And then he did one year. And then after that, it was groin injury this, groin injury that. And then it was, I'm tired of Minnesota. I hate you. Uh, I hate you, uh, 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 Doug Risebrow and Jacques Lemaire. I'm out of here. Bleep you guys. Bring in the new coach, new GM. Sorry, I'm out of here anyway. Rangers offered me X amount of money. And uh, adios. I'm going to take a bite out of the Big Apple. Yay. Yay. Well, the knowledge of good and evil. Well, I don't think the apple was that fruit, but more of a fig or something. But we'll leave that aside. Thank you guys so much for listening. Lawn cleanups are going to be kicking in any minute now because it's like 50s and 60s throughout the forecast coming up here. And yeah, once that happens, the snow is going to melt. So that little 14-inch thumping we took last week is uh, becoming more of a memory now rather than a reality. So that's good because it is April 21st. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time to move on. Luckily, it didn't drag into May. I don't think we're going to be getting snow in May. I don't think it's one of those years. I think spring's here now, finally. So that means cleanups are coming. So luckily, I was able to complete the postseason and everything before things got too crazy. Usually, I was able to do that anyway, though. Could throw this in on a Sunday afternoon or something because 
schedule isn't that pressing per se, but once in a while it is. Um, so again, just want to thank you for another wonderful season covering the Minnesota Wild. Is this the was this the tenth season already? I think it was because I yes it was. Oh my God, ten seasons covering the Minnesota Wild. Ten seasons covering the Minnesota Wild here on Brave the Wild and. And I still have about 25 listeners. No, it's not that bad. I'm just kidding. But <laughs> oh, it's sporadic at times, yes. Sometimes it goes way up and then it comes back down. And that's just the life of radio. It's sporadic, particularly podcasting, because it's inconsistent. You just never know who's listening. Some of you, though. But thank you to those of you that have been diehard listeners to the show and supporters. And for uh, those of you that... Uh, love the Minnesota Wild and want to break through, please don't take me like I'm on here just bashing the team and picking, just sticking needles in them. You know, No, that's not who I am. That's not who I am. I want to win really bad, and that's what it is. It's frustration. Um, will there be a change at general manager? It's possible. A change at coach? I don't want to do that. Um, some of the line shuffles are not the good, are not the best, but it's like, I, I don't know. Is he trying to get guys going, whatever it is? I don't think Bruce Boudreaux is the problem. I think certain members of the team are are part of the problem, and the general managers made mistakes. And to say what or has he made any good moves? Yes, he has. I mean, he did draft Kirill Kaprizov in the fifth round. Unfortunately, though, he's stuck where he is, and that's why he slipped to the fifth round because a lot of those guys don't come right away or at all. Um, obviously, Eric Carlo was a great seventh round pick, you know. Uh, but the trades, generally speaking, the trades. I don't know if there's been a good one there. Um, Pominville was good for for like a year or two because how productive he was. Then he started to drop off, and it's like he gave up a first-round pick, blah, blah, blah. You could go on forever with all that. So we'll continue that into the offseason. We'll talk about that some more. I should probably save that as we head into the later spring and into the summer and such because I will be doing shows maybe once every two weeks, once a month, something like that here and there. Obviously, State of the Wild is coming up. Oh, we will name our 2017-18 Minnesota Wild Most Valuable Player, Biggest Surprise, or Biggest Disappointment and Biggest Surprise. And I will post that on the page, those of you out there. I might even post it on Twitter, too, just to get people to respond, because I think I have to, to get some type of response out there. Um, it'd be nice to hear your guys' picks, and I will give mine out. That is a, There's a pretty good chance that will be the next show for Brave the Wild. We'll see. Maybe one will get squeezed in if there's any type of a news uh, that comes up along the way. But... Um, that is going to be in May or June, something like that. And then I'll record at least uh, at least one show a month until until September-ish. And then it'll be back to maybe once every two weeks and into once a week again as the regular season kicks in and all that with a uh, brief interruption with the fall cleanup season in November and all that. So I'll do my best to keep up with the Wild as, as possible, as I like to do. Thank you again for your listenership. Do tell your friends about the show. Do call into the phone lines. Oh, I should mention the Facebook page is facebook.com forward slash brave the wild. Facebook.com forward slash brave the wild. Do give that a like and join the conversation there. Uh, Facebook.com forward slash MNW players. That also, I recommend that one. Facebook.com forward slash MNW players. I'm an admin on that page. I, it's a pleasure to be a part of it. Of course, they cover everything from the top line of the Minnesota Wild to the bottom line of the ECHL's uh, Rapid City Rush. Everything involving the Minnesota Wild from the NHL roster to the farm system to overseas. Thank you again, uh, Pablo Bennett and Merrick Skyba for being a part of that and having me on there. Also, <clears throat> Minnesota Wild Hardcore, shout out to them. Pablo Bennett's an admin there. Jim Maddell, Sarah Maddell, Chad Walski, Chance Kostick, David Kostick, and many others out there as well on Minnesota Wild Hardcore. Major shout out to them. Got this nice little hardcore patch. They're rubbing the microphone now. Hardcore patch. Yep, beautiful thing. 
Love it. Well done. Well made. And uh, going to be a welcome addition to a jersey very soon. But for now, it's been my little companion here as I do Brave the Wild podcast. <laughs> you guys are part of the show. You know you are. So in case you're listening, <laughs> maybe you're just bored with me. I have no idea. Um, <laughs> boy, that made a lot of noise rubbing there, didn't it? At least so it shows on this thing. Looks like it did, but that's okay. At least you heard it. Okay, enough is enough. Uh, again, the phone line's 209-736-7877. 209-736-7877. It is at voicemail. Do treat it as such. Mention you're calling in to Brave the Wild. Do your statement, shout-out, comment, question, and opine. Greatly welcome to the show. It's a three-minute limit because it's an actual voicemail, computer voicemail, but it's voicemail. comes to my email, and I'll put you here in the fan interaction segment. And then, there you go. There's the call now button on the Facebook page. Takes you to the same phone line through Facebook Messenger, and then you're in the conversation there. Same situation, three-minute limit. And then the final way to get on is audio submission. There is no limit to that one. You can go. You don't have to worry about getting cut off by the three-minute time, and uh, you can just go there. Keep it to around five minutes or so. Email it to paladinolive at yahoo.com. Paladinolive at yahoo.com. It is a voicemail. All right, what am I talking about? It is my email. See, now I'm losing my mind. It is my it is my email, <laughs> paladinolive at yahoo.com. And then I can convert the file into an MP3, thanks to Zamzar or converto.com. Thanks for those websites for providing that to Brave the Wild and other podcasts I do. Uh, Purple Mafia and Timberwolves Explosion. So thanks again. Tell your friends about the show if you could. Write a positive rating on iTunes. And there, that should about do it. We will talk to you fairly soon. It shouldn't be too long. And again, I should post uh, about your uh, MVP, biggest disappointment, biggest surprise on Facebook and Twitter to get some interaction about your Minnesota Wild and season wrap-up and head into the draft and free agency and start it up all over again. And hopefully next year's a much different situation maybe with a different GM, who knows but I'd love to keep Bruce Boudreau around I'm just, I'm endorsing Bruce Boudreau as the coach of the wild on this show I like him a lot and hopefully things work out in the coming season. Take care and we'll talk to you very soon (laughs) 